Howdy, 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 and welcome to Thriving in the Transition, the podcast. Folks, we made it episode six. That's nearly a half dozen. Super, super excited for where this is going. We're so much of a thing now. It's not even funny. You know what? We're so much of a thing. I'm probably going to start to ignore you or tone down my hygiene. That's how much of a thing we are. Your feedback, encouragement, and connection really make this all worthwhile. I'm going to keep coming back whether you like it or not because guess what? Your parents like me, so it doesn't matter too much. I'm coming back. Doing this and connecting with you is truly, truly amazing and absolutely inspirational for me. I hope you feel the same. I hope you feel just the tiniest bit of what I do. So yay me, yay you, and more than anything, yay us. As we continue to grow and broaden our audience and let's let's face it, figure out what we're doing, go ahead and give us a five-star rating. Follow us, subscribe, add positive comments, liking us, giving us the thumbs up, and asking questions along the way. Simply put, please connect with us, engage with us, make us part of your community, whatever that community is. We're flexible, we're versatile, we can fit in, just give us a shot, give us a shot. You can even list me as your emergency contact if that helps, as long as you don't need a credit card number, because like all bets are off then. But yeah, go ahead and list me as that emergency contact. We're now up and available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Radio Public, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and of course, Anchor FM. Simply search for us wherever you choose to listen to your great podcast. Why am I doing this? In part, I get bored easily. That's just the straight up truth. There's nothing meant by that. Hashtag truth all day. Another reason that I do this is to keep moving forward in my personal journey. I want to continue to grow as a person and an artist. It was once said that you officially become an artist when you share your art with others. That's what I'm doing. This is my art, folks. Please take it in, absorb it, embrace it, put it on your wall. I want to bring my message, my philosophy, my positive outlook, aka my art, to the world. And that means you. I'm always up for a challenge, and doing this podcast allows me to be me, to be vulnerable, and step into my power. I absolutely believe that part of my purpose in this life is to connect with you and others and bring folks together. I want to highlight and exemplify that we've got more in common than we do in difference. Of course, those differences are so much easier to see. We literally wear them on our sleeves, but discovering and appreciating the differences is much more fun. So yeah, that's partly why I'm doing this. And now more than ever, as we deal with COVID-19, but not just the virus, it's not just the virus that we're dealing with, folks. It's the associated fear, misinformation, the judgment, oh, if I was president, I would have done this. Well, if I was the governor of fill-in-the-blank state, well, I would have done this. Well, the CDC should have blah, blah, blah. That blame, that judgment is just so pervasive right now. And then we've got part of, I won't say the remedy, but part of the thing that we're using to prevent a huge spike in people that are infected, social distancing. So it's important not to be alone to not be isolated, to have a community, to have a tribe, if you will. We're all dealing with this pandemic together. So again, we've got more in common than we do in difference. The other part, or the rest of the story of why I'm doing this, I really want to shine a, a light on those slightly enigmatic, charismatic, and inspirational people and their stories about how they thrive doing their various transitions. Right now, the whole world is in transition. There's no way to deny that at all. And I want to help the world thrive, maybe even bring some humor or a unique point of view along the way. Today, this episode, episode six, we've got the opportunity to connect with my good friend, Tammy Parrish. Tammy's an image consultant and owner of The Clothing Compass based in Amsterdam. The Netherlands, for those of you that 
aren't really sure where Amsterdam is. Tammy helps ambitious professionals match their outsides to their insides. So they have more self-confidence and become even more successful in less time. I wanted to talk to Tammy on this topic of having a goal or a destination. It's my belief that without a goal or destination, there's no way to thrive in a transition. Zero. You have to have that goal. You have to have that destination. You have to know where things are going. And at this time, not having a goal or a destination creates the perfect opportunity to doubt yourself, your skills, your competence, your past achievements, and it gives you an opening to blame yourself for all of that. This perfect storm serves to keep you where you are. Forward progress and momentum is effectively stopped. And if you remember, not making progress is the first and only sign that safety is at risk. So all that being said, I'm calling this episode, Tell Me What You Want, What You Really, Really Want. Totally a nod to the Spice Girls and my geekiness, but I think you probably picked that up already. As a coach, one of the most difficult questions for my clients to answer is this. What do you want? Simple question. Four words. What do you want? People struggle with it. I've struggled with it, and I'm sure you've struggled with it. And I believe the reason that folks struggle with that simple question is twofold. One, answering the question lends insight into personal motives, biases, shortcomings, and beliefs. Typically, things that we choose to avoid or ignore. These are the building blocks of who we are as people, right? That's number one. The second part of that twofold assertion, once you answer the question, what do you want? You're now forced to confront your role, your responsibility to achieve that goal, to create the structures and ultimately your own sense of happiness or accomplishment or not. I think that's why people struggle. When you answer the question, now you have to do something about it. Many times we don't like doing that. We can't do that. We don't vision a world where we can do that. Tammy came to mind for several reasons. She's an entrepreneur, a mother. She's got a great outlook on transitions. However, secretly, well, not so secretly anymore because, well, I'm telling all of you this. We were perhaps the most unlikely couple in our high school to win prom king and queen. That's right. Your boy was prom king 1992 at Cape Central Senior High School. And that happened because we created a goal. As you'll hear when we talk to Tammy, that goal, well, that goal meant more to me than it did to her. And that's absolutely okay. There's zero wrong with that. But creating that mutual goal and ultimately bringing it to fruition was definitely one of those transitions that meant a lot to me and helped form my, my philosophy, if you will. It helped form my thoughts around change and transition. And without that experience, without setting that goal, without achieving that goal, this podcast might not be happening right now. You'll get a chance to talk to Tammy and hear all about our quest to become prom king and queen right after this short break. We'll be right back, folks. Intro and outro music by Genesis 7. You can listen to more of his music on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, or wherever you stream your music. Just search for Genesis 7. That is G-E-N-E-S-I-S, and then the number 7 directly behind it. If you're interested in purchasing music from him, shoot him a note on the contact form on his website at Genesis7Productions.com. All right, Thriving in the Transition fans, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us for another episode. I am honored to be joined by another guest. This is number two, guest number two, Tammy Parrish. Tammy's an image consultant and owner of The Clothing Compass. That's an organization based in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, in case you're geographically challenged. Tammy helps ambitious professionals 
match their outside to their insides. So they have more self-confidence and become even more successful in less time. Tammy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Will. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so thrilled that you're here. And kind of like Steve, I couldn't not have you. Uh, because one thing, <laughs> I, I'm serious, Tammy, one thing that was glaringly omitted from your introduction was that we were prom king and queen way back in... <laughs> Way back in 1992, did I just give away our ages? Uh, <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> How much fun was that for you? I thought it was great, and I'll tell you why. Because we were really the underdog candidate. I felt yeah, like we it were. Was kind of, it was like, um, oh, what are those movies? Is it Pretty in Pink? Or I don't know. I just had this, <laughs> it, was, it, was this great, it was this great feeling. Like, oh, here we are. <laughs> The nerds on stage. Right? It's it, like our own little John Hughes movie. I love that. <laughs> and it's that story, and I haven't given a lot of it. I'll, I'll share a little bit here in a second that made me thought of you. This episode, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Not only a, a, a nod to my dorkiness and my love of music, including the Spice Girls, but you have to have a goal. You have to have a destination in order to get there. I think a lot of people struggle in the transition because they don't have that goal. They don't have that direction, and they just kind of flounder. What do you think? I have always had a strong vision for where I want to be. That's changed over time, but that's really been my guide through the years. So I don't know if I can say where it comes from. Well, I, yeah, it comes from in, in within. It's just something that's there and it's so strong. And I go after it. And nice. I have to stay flexible, but that's, that's what keeps me moving. That's awesome. And I like the fact that you can't put your finger on it. And I think that's it because when I describe people that thrive in the transition, I, I describe them as, slightly enigmatic and, and most likely charismatic. And when I think of folks, you clearly fall into that group. And I, again, just love that you can't put a finger on it, but we see it. I'll tell you that right now, Tammy, as I see your posts on Instagram and LinkedIn and your interviews, um, I, I see where you have that drive. So don't stop that. <laughs> okay. Thank you. So I, I alluded to this little prom story. Uh, Tammy called us underdogs, and we absolutely were underdogs. Uh, where we grew up, and Tammy, feel free to jump in at any time, especially if I get something wrong. Okay. Where we grew up, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, small town, southeast Missouri, we had the usual cliques, kind of literally like a John Hughes movie. There, there were the, the jocks, there were the preps, there were the popular kids, there were the band geeks, there were the athletes, yada, yada, yada. Tammy and I, we, we were probably more on the, the geeky, dorky side. We were some of the intellectuals. I don't know if calling us mis misfits is, is going too far. I, I think it is, but you get the idea. Tammy and I had a study hall together that this is how dorky we were. We spent our study hall in the, <laughs> in the talented and gifted room uh, of Mrs. Sharp's English class, and we would hang out and do work. And I don't know where it came from. I, I think one day... I asked you, hey, Tammy, do you want to be prom queen? And I think you looked at me like I was stupid. <laughs> which you weren't. Which, 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 which I wasn't, but it, it, that came out of the blue. And even as I think about it now, it did come out of the blue. But you said yes. And then I said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and it all started with that desire, with that goal to be prom king and queen, so they had open nominations. So the rest of our class is about to be really, really upset now, Tammy. Like, however many years ago later this is, there were open nominations. So you and I got a bunch of ballots and nominated each other and put them in the box. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was like phase one of the plan. You had to get on the nomination ballot first. So we, we managed ourselves on the ballot. Mm -hmm. Phase two... How do we actually win this thing? And do you remember how this part went down or, or what went on there? Well, i got to be honest. I don't remember the conversation. And I don't remember. 
my question and my desire to do this. So please tell me because I'm fascinated. Keep telling me. <laughs> oh, see, I, I love this. So cl clearly it, it meant a lot more than to me than it did to you, Tammy. Uh, well, thank you I, for that. <laughs> I have, like, amnesia from my high school years, seriously. But go on. <laughs> well, so then, like I said, there were these groups there, and there's no way we could compete with the larger group. But in most high schools, in most of those social settings, there's a whole group of folks that tend not to vote because they're not represented. They tend not to care about the candidates or the nominees. Those were the people that I know I talked to. And I would ask very pointedly. I was very direct. Are you voting for prom king and queen? And if the answer was no, I'd say, you know what? You should vote for me and Tammy. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and there were two things that, the two things were really notable about that their shock is like you guys are on the ballot <laughs> <laughs> and then two there was like oh my gosh of course and so I think whether that was it or not I, what I want to give the, the picture and lay the foundation for once that goal once that vision was there it's easy to back into the steps to get there so fast forward a couple weeks and, you know, talking to several dozen people, when they announced King and Queen, Will Campbell and Tammy Parrish. And the crowd went wild. Oh, um, <laughs> so that's part of the reason I wanted you on the call. That and I know you've been to several of these transitions yourself that I want to absolutely get into. I've talked a lot. I've monopolized. That's not fair of me. Uh, you know how I can be, Tammy. I'm sorry. No, it's interesting. I'm thinking. Oh, I didn't. Know, I don't remember that it went like that. So this this has this explains a lot about might explain a lot about my fundraising career. Oh. <laughs> Laying the foundation for my fundraising career, persuading people to do things. <laughs> See, there it is. Absolutely. All right, Tammy. Um, we, we've had a good time so far, and I anticipate that to continue. Why did you accept my invitation to be on the show in the first place? I have a lot of respect for you. I'm Aww. really glad that we've always stayed in touch since high school. And I like following your career and what you're up to. I thought, oh, that's nice. It's nice to be asked, right? I mean, it, it kind of ties back into, will you vote for me? It's not, you know, it's nice to be invited to do something. And then I thought about the title. I thought, oh, actually, yeah, I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love it. So thank you, thank you, thank you for accepting that invitation. Now, I, I went on and just kind of jumped in, and the name of the show, or name of the podcast is Thriving in the Transition. What does that mean to you? What does thriving in the transition mean to you, especially if you've got a lot to say about it? Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing I think is, and of course, can I talk about current events as well? Absolutely. Okay, so right now, because of course you could replay this, you know, for your great-grandkids, and then it would be uh, in the past. But right now, we are dealing with the coronavirus, and so, which is going to bring, is bringing on a huge transition for everyone in the world. There's the treading water, and there's the thriving. And I think a lot of people are now in the treading water stage with the shock. Mm. But I think the thriving, that's something that I think people have a lot of fear about. Like the word transition often makes people fearful. No, I, I think you're right. It, it, and it's not even the things associated with transition, but just the word. Hey, we're about to transition. We're in a transition. Oh, no. Um, not even the facts around it. I, I think you're absolutely right. I guess I don't know this from sci scientifically, but I feel that humans are, we're, we like habit. We're creatures of habit, right? So we like going in a straight line. <laughs> and going and going and going until something makes us turn. And I've always had this fascination with things that are not in a straight line. And I love being different, and I pride myself on being different, and I'm always attracted to other people and things that are not the norm. So this was the case back when we were in high school, and this is still the case. So I think for me, I'm, I'm easily bored, and I also I like – I like transition. I actually like it. I, I like challenges and new things. And so that makes it easier to thrive as opposed to just freaking out. So so, too, so many questions in, in the few words that you said. And you have to remember this. The blue sequin 
dress that you wore at prom. It looks Where like a you, mermaid. You, you, but you, you were a gorgeous mermaid. <laughs> right. I can't even get out my question now. Where did you buy that dress, Tammy? Well, well, I think you know the answer to this. So I did not buy it. I well, since I was, I don't know, gosh, what grade was that? Ninth grade, like home economics class. I learned how to sew, and I was immediately hooked. Started making all my own clothing and knew I wanted to become a fashion designer when I grew up. And that, when I turned, I think I was 15 at the time, I could work. I got a job at the fabric store and this, you know, this was the culmination of my sewing career, making this mermaid (laughs) prom dress. (laughs) So I made it. (laughs) So just to to repeat, she made her prom (laughs) dress. Uh, I, I don't know of many people that do. I'm, I'm sure you're not the only one, but that's how much she enjoys being different and looking forward to this transition and having fun. You, you made your prom dress. Thank you for letting me throw you under the bus for that. I'm just glad at this point it's a podcast and there's no visual. I do have a related YouTube channel where I put a video. Uh, <laughs> so there, that picture may show up, Tammy, just fair warning. You mentioned treading water versus thriving and that you, you have fun and you, you're not really sure why. What, what is it that excites you about the transition? And you, you said you get bored easily, and I absolutely share that. I, oh, my gosh, I get bored so easily. Routine um, just kills me. What is it for you? I really do love newness, and I think I'm inspired by it. Nice. Um, by new ideas and the unknown. And I I think I can really put it in perspective more because of what's going on right now with the coronavirus and feeling this weird calmness. And I feel, I I think to myself, I should be more worried than I am. But I really, I guess I have this intrinsic feeling that everything will be okay in the end. And there's some factors that that play into that things that I take for granted and things that for instance, my health is good. Mm-hmm. So if that were not the case, I think I would have a different outlook. And I'm fairly financially stable. That's also something that not everyone has. And that makes it easier to be more relaxed in a transition. I really like new and different. And, yeah, I look forward to it. To me, it's the challenge of navigating whatever's there now that wasn't before. Like, I figured it out already. You know, I, I know how to get from point A to point, point B. What else can I do? Mm-hmm. You said something that I really liked. Humans are really straight-lined. When they think point A to point B, it's, it's a straight line. They're creatures of habit. They go that same route, that same, they follow that same line all the time. And I, I want to check something out with you. I'm one of those people that I've got at least three ways to get anywhere. I don't know if it's for you like that mm-hmm. in the Netherlands, I, except maybe you're on a bike mm-hmm. wearing clogs or something. Um, <laughs> no clogs. No clogs. Okay. No clogs. <laughs> Are you one of those people with multiple routes, or do you have your primary route? What I noticed about myself is ideally, and this is interesting, because for many years I worked in event planning where everything must be, you must have a plan A, B, C, D. Mm. And I and I felt like I, I did it and I could do it and I did it well, but it wasn't feel. I, I like being spontaneous. I always have an A B C, but I they always come up, but I don't often plan them out in detail. Even small things like I'm a stylist and I work with wardrobe, and just coming up with new combinations of clothing. Like I'm, I hardly ever wear the same thing twice. It sounds crazy, but. It just that comes sounds up. amazing. These combinations just come up, and I and it's and I when I because it's happened enough, and, and not just with clothing, but I feel very comfortable in knowing the solution or the combination of factors that, that it'll result in in a solution. So I don't think I worry about it so much. This may be it, and I don't know if it is it, but would it be safe to say that you trust yourself? I do. I'm definitely a perfectionist. I'm extremely hard on myself. You could look at me and say, oh, 
God, what a lot of self-doubt. But there is something so deep within. I do implicitly trust myself. And I, I truly believe that I'm capable of almost anything I put my mind to. This is why I like you, Tammy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Among many, many other things. Hearing someone else say things like that, <laughs> it's very energizing for me. In, in the short time that we've been talking, you, you've been a stylist, you've been a designer, uh, you've been in no, event planning. Um, event planning, fundraising for nonprofits through events, but also just uh, major gifts fundraising. This is funny. I used to save every time I had a job and had a business card, I would save one of the business cards, and I still have the stack. You know, periodically, like, well, once every five years, I'll go clean up things. And I come across these business cards, and it, it's, it's been a couple of years ago now, or maybe when I moved to the Netherlands, going through these things and thinking, what? Like, forgetting about some of the jobs I've had. I mean, this is, I'm talking back in the time of even in high school, in university, of doing things like I was, I was making prom dresses for other people. I worked at the tri cleaners at one point. I mean, all these things I've completely forgotten about. So, yeah, I've had a lot of different um, work experiences. Wow. And that's awesome. And, and let's not forget the way we started the show. You're an entrepreneur. You're a business owner. You're a mom. All that fun stuff. Huge, huge transitions. Which of your transitions, personal or professional, stand out to you the most and why? I think the biggest one was when I moved to New York City from, uh, well, so we studied together in Missouri, we went to high school together, and I went to university in another town uh, four hours away and got a degree in fashion design and had planned to move to New York prepared to, I did an internship in New York City, was going to move right after graduation. And then my father had a heart attack right before graduation. So I thought, oh, I better not go so far away. I'll just stick around. And a classmate um, connected me with a job in Lexington, Kentucky, working for the Jay Peterman Company, which <laughs> there's quite a few stories. <laughs> I don't know how many of the listeners know about this company. But anyhow, um after a year, this company was going bankrupt, and my parents were going on this big trip, which um, they invited me to go on, and I said, I can't go on that trip. I, I can't go for six months traveling. I have a job. And then I thought, you know what? Why not? Wow. Uh, the, job's going, the job's going to, to you know where. The job is, is disappearing, so I quit. And I went traveling with them to Australia and New Zealand for six weeks. And then I came back, and I didn't have a, a lot of savings and certainly didn't have a job. So I lived with them for three months, and I was waiting tables in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, where we came from. And at this point, I was, gosh, I guess 22, 23. And I remember I was in the restaurant, and one night, one of our former classmates comes in, and she's having the rehearsal dinner for her wedding. And she <laughs> looks at me, she looks at me, and she's like, oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> she was just upset that you were prom queen. Waitress apron on, and I said, "Oh, that's a good question." Yeah. So I then said, "Okay, I got. I just got to go to New York. You know, I'm not where I want to be financially, but I'm going. I don't have a job. I'm going." And I said, "Okay, I've got enough money. I'm. I'm gonna. This was, you know, quite a few years ago. But I said I have enough money for a month. I'm giving myself a month. I'm going." Wow. I a classmate from university who said, you can sleep on my couch. <laughs> so I just went, got a job. I got, I did. I made my, I met my goal. <laughs> I got a job within a month. And that was the start of my 14-year New York City adventure. But I so, think that's the, the transition I'm most proud of because it was so extreme. And I really do think even today, if you can make it in New York City, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> it is a hard, hard city. I think there's a song about that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for sharing, Tammy. Love, love, love the story. A couple things jump out. Uh, one, at one point you had 
transition upon transition <laughs> upon transition. It wasn't like there was one. It wasn't like, oh, let me, you know, go to college and then come back. And there were like multiple things happening at once at one point. Mm -hmm. And I think that's life for folks. I don't think people always realize all of the transitions that they've got going on, which could be part of the confusion, which could be part of the treading water that we talked about. But if you keep your eyes open or listen to the clues or look at the clues or listen to other people, build that community that Steve talked about last episode, you can better grasp exactly what's going on and where to focus your energies and, and what you need to do. The other thing, and the question for you, so the biggest transition, picking up, moving to New York, what was your ultimate goal? Was it just to get to New York or did you have a goal after that? Well, I when I did my internship there, when I was studying, I fell in love with the city. So I wanted to move there and become a fashion designer, although I didn't have any specific goal. Well, that's not true. I was designing um, nightwear, which doesn't really exist anymore unless you're a Saudi Arabian princess. Um, <laughs> Wait, nightwear? Wait, what is nightwear? Silk, like silk peignoirs and these beautiful silk gowns that you wear in the bedroom. So not lingerie, but these like dresses, like very 1930s Madame Bionet, um, beautiful bias cut, I mean, but totally impractical. So I wanted to design this. These things. Well, I think so that that's why I'm like, intrigued is that they're so impractical. <laughs> <laughs> but this was, at the time, there was more, I mean, there was not a huge market for it, but there was enough of a market and enough design was being still being done in the States. That was my goal, but this is a good example of being flexible and having an open mind. So this is the type of job I wanted, and I wound up designing granny panties. <laughs> <laughs> now, how many people can say that? <laughs> the company was called Wondies, which is a short um, abbreviation for Wonderful Undies. And that's the company I wound up working for. Yeah, Folks, you can't make this up. You cannot make this up. You really can't. And their main selling product, which may still exist in like Sam's Club or something, was called Love Pets. <laughs> wait, wait, it was called what? Love Pets. Wow. L-O-V-E-P-A-T-S, yeah. I did another internship during my study in London, and there I worked in a retail store, and, and that company designed bras for the Queen of England. So that's the other extreme. Wow. <laughs> okay, so and so this is what I love about amazing people, folks. She focused on the transition from southeast Missouri to New York and, and <laughs> designing granny panties and, and night dresses. Um, and then she just casually threw out, yeah, there was this intern in London where we made bras for the Queen of England. Mm -hmm. Now, how did that happen? Part of my study, I had the option in university to do a semester abroad. I chose London, and so I went to Corfinger's College in London. I learned how to make shoes, but of course, I was designing the the mules. You know these shoes; they have no back to them. They're they're like slippers with a heel. Again, yep. totally impractical. Okay, so I was designing the mules to go with the silk gowns, right? That was Cordwainers College, and uh, they arranged an internship for me. So I said they knew I wanted to design use this nightwear, and they did sell nightwear to the princesses from the royal families from the Middle East at this in the shop. So that's how I wound up there. They they placed me there. Wow! Almost all of your transitions, and this is what I, I wanted to clarify and, and bring up front. And Tammy, correct me if I'm throwing stuff out there that's not true. There may not have been a direct path. Getting to New York, you didn't necessarily get your dream job, no. but you get, you got something dream job adjacent, uh, as they talk in New York, right? Chelsea adjacent. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then you created a, a new goal or set your sights on a, a new target. And then we got there. That may not have been it. And I had no clue you designed mules. But with each transition, you got closer to ultimately where you wanted to be. Is that fair? Yeah, closer to where I wanted to be. I think that where I wanted to be was always a moving target. But mm. I, I definitely felt like, yeah, I felt I felt satisfied. It's like, I, did I did I meet my original goal? Exactly, no. But 
what I wound up doing was definitely uh, related to the goal, close to the goal, and and I was happy. I liked it, so that's great. And then I, you know, just kept going. Okay, so a, a couple things. One, this this whole weird concept about happiness. Uh, I, I don't think many people get that. So I, I don't have a question there. I just wanted to, to observe uh, that that was a thing for you. This concept of a moving target, I think that can really frustrate a lot of people. Why didn't the moving target frustrate you? I don't think it's fair. I wanted to say that I don't get fixated on things, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> I can't. That's not a fair statement. So I think I just... I, I, have a pretty big sense of wonder mm. and I I love observing. I'm always observing. Like one of the things I said about New York City, I loved living there for fourteen years and I feel like after you live there a certain amount of time it's easy to close yourself off to some of the craziness because it's so much and it's it's so full on and so busy and colorful and whatnot. I always said if I ever get to the point where I stop noticing all of the characters in New York City, then it's time to leave. Like I, I yeah, the moving target is it keeps it interesting. And yeah, nothing's ever perfect. So although I, in a lot of ways, I'm, I've, I feel like I, I am a perfectionist and I'm striving for some form of perfection, I also accept I'll never get there. So I think I go for a goal. And if at any point along the way, something happens that piques my interest that I'm good at, that it works and I'm happy, then I, I feel like that's, that's where I should be. That's good. Love it. Last question, and Tammy, I'm going to tell you right now, this is an unfair question. It's a totally leading question, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I think there's a brilliant point behind it. You also said okay. with this moving target, you, always, you didn't necessarily always hit your goal. You didn't necessarily hit the target because it was a moving target. Like You didn't necessarily get your ideal dream job, but it got you a step closer and you were happy there. Mm-hmm. At any point, and here's the actual question, at any point did you blame yourself for not getting the goal or hitting the target? And this was driven into me by my father as a child, accepting accountability, responsibility for things. Like I accept responsibility for all of my decisions, and I've made plenty of bad ones in my life. Haven't um, <laughs> <bet> we all? <laughs> but, I mean, I've been upset about things, but I, I just focus on uh, where I'm at and what I've accomplished. And, and I, 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 I somehow get to a place where I'm content and pleased. I try not to, and even uh, sometimes if I get, if I am upset about something or I'm feeling not so happy with myself about something I've done or something I've accomplished or not, um, I'm able to just sit with it and then let it go. Nice. So key things that I heard, one, you've been 100% responsible for your actions and any ensuing consequences, but you're able to just be, you're able to enjoy where you are, and I suspect that's where that concept of happiness comes in. And it ties perfectly, and you know Steve Ryman as well. Last week, Steve talked about uh, the poem by Robert Hastings, The Station, that there's yeah. always another station and you can't dwell on the one that's past because it's past. And if you continually look forward to the next one, there's always going to be a next one. So what happens is you end up missing out on where you are. Right. That's to me like that's the um, a little bit of the obsession with, taking pictures of everything. Like if, you look, if you look around now, everyone's constantly with their mobile phone taking pictures of everything. And I think, my God, put the phone down <laughs> and just be in the moment <laughs> instead of taking a picture of it. And I, I'm guilty of it too. Often by seeing other people in that mode, then I'm, it snaps me out of it. I think, oh, that's me. Look at, look at this. They're, they're not enjoying it at all. They just need to document it. So put the phone away. I do that sometimes in museums. You know, I think, oh, look at the look at the painting or look at the garment and stop taking a picture of it. You don't. Or you're not going to look at it again. You, oh my God! You one. You just totally described me. Um, it, it, just flat out. I, I'm on, and I'm trying to get pictures of the kids and get the right sunset and now all the filters and where am I going to post it? But I love your point. 
you're likely not going to look at those pictures ever again. But being in the moment, creating the memory, you're going to dwell back on that just like me uh, going down memory lane with the prom king and queen. We didn't take any pictures there. <laughs> well, one, we didn't have camera phones, but that was an experience, and it was all about the experience. Yeah, well, I mean, you make art out of your photos, so that's something different. But I love, just going back to the museum example, to me, I do want to capture what I'm looking at and what I'm seeing, this inanimate object. But it's also, I almost, just as much, I love looking at, around at the people, other people that are experiencing it and how they're experiencing it and what their facial expression is and what they're talking to the person next to them about it and that interaction. And I also think you're in the museum, you're looking at the same thing, and that I, I often try and get an interaction with other people. So that's your commonality, right? That's some experience you're sharing. And even though you're, you'll never see that person again, just to exchange a glance or have a small interaction, I find that also very, that's part of the experience. Absolutely, that connection. And thank you, Tammy. One of my taglines, one of the things that I will always, always, always push, we've got more in common than we do in difference. Even the small things, the little glances, the knowing that you're both or all looking at the same garment or picture or piece of steel, depending on what type of museum you are. Okay, we're getting to the end. I've got one more question for you, my friend. Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, I, I lied. Two more questions. Uh, one's really quick, one's a little longer. I did this episode where I talked about love songs, and you could get through the transition more if you took that love song to be about yourself. My question, what love song would you dedicate to yourself to help you through a rough transition? So The Cure sings a song called Love Song. And... Uh, know the song, and I've got to admit, it's not innately. Uh, my friend, shout out to Justin Forncall, uh, introduced me to The Cure back in high school. So <laughs> absolutely no love song. So Adele did a different version of it, a slower version, and I really like that arrangement. So I talked my husband into getting his musician friends to perform this at our wedding. But when you look at the text, uh, if I were singing it, singing it to myself, I will always love you. And it's talking about all these, no matter what happens. And I think that's innate trust, right? Trusting yourself, loving yourself. So that's the song. If if you correct, if my memory's correct, you, you're right. It it is all about loving yourself. Uh, whenever I'm alone with you, you make me feel like I'm young again. Um, whenever I'm alone with you, you make me feel like having fun again. No matter how far away, I'll always love you. Something like that. How cool is that to always have that built-in support mechanism, knowing that you love yourself that much, no matter how far away when you're alone with e with each other. And that, to me, that's the line that jumps out that makes that a really powerful song, because I think so many people don't like being alone with themselves. Ooh, I love that. Love <laughs> <laughs> I love, I'm an extrovert, so I also love being around other people, but I have no problem being alone. Same. It, it's Yes. I, well, I describe myself as an extroverted introvert. People don't buy that. It's like, dude, you're doing this mm. podcast. I've seen you speak. It's But it's, there's that part of me that I... <laughs> this sounds really bad as it's coming out of my mouth. I love me so much, I have no problems being alone with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great song. If you don't know it, look it up, stream it wherever you stream your music, uh, The Cure, Love Song. Whichever version, the Adele version, the original version, I'm sure there's probably some in between. Uh, mm -hmm. Check it out. It will be worth your while. Tammy, last question. We've, we've talked about a lot in a short amount of time. What's one thing that you would leave people with? Well, I really believe that ambition is not a dirty word and that ambition is a good thing and that people can be proud of being ambitious. And I think especially with women, that's often mm. frowned upon, right? Ambitious women. Can I curse on the show? 
<laughs> Let's try oh, it and see. Try not to. Okay. okay. So, and, <laughs> ambitious women are often accused of being. Ooh, the B words. C H E S S. Yes. So, just a message to women. I really believe that women should be selfish more often because I hear so often other women always being the caregiver and looking out for other people and. I get so impatient and frustrated because I feel like I can see where I could be described as being too selfish at times. But I think that's part of getting to your goal, right, is, is putting yourself first. Yeah, I think, I think uh, there's a lot more room for that. I couldn't agree more. I've, I've said for years, selfish is not a bad thing. The reality from where I sit, my truth, if you don't take care of you, if you don't look out for you, no one else will. I, I equate it to a building in New York in the 80s, uh, and there was this whole phenomenon. People have done research on it. Wait, bear with me, Tammy. There's a point here. These abandoned buildings where there would be broken windows, and if you pass one of these buildings with broken windows, you have no problems throwing rocks at it. You have no problems not taking care of it. You have no problems disrespecting it because the windows are already broken. No one's mm. taking care of it. Mm-hmm. The self is the same way. If you treat yourself poorly, you don't talk about yourself well, you don't take care of yourself, you don't respect yourself, people are going to throw rocks at your building. Just saying. I like it. I like it. Tammy, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. I'm sure the listeners here have gotten a lot from it. I know I have. And I look forward to seeing where Clothing Compass goes, folks. If you're in Amsterdam, even if you're not, uh, this woman does business worldwide. Uh, reach out to her. I will have all of her information in the links to wherever you listen to this podcast. They'll be in my YouTube channel, maybe with that picture of us from prom. We'll see how that plays out. <laughs> but connect with Tammy and check out The Clothing Compass. Tammy, anything else? No, thanks for having me. It was fun. And I also learned a lot, so thank you. You are so welcome. All right, folks. That's it. We will talk soon. People, I've got to tell you, I have so much fun with these interviews. That conversation with Tammy was super, super fun for me. Super excited. I'm so glad I got to share it with you. So what's the takeaway? We covered a lot. We talked about a lot. We talked a lot about Tammy and her transitions and the journeys along the way. What's the bottom line? First and foremost, you have capital H-A-V-E, you absolutely have to have a goal or destination. No other way around it. You just have to. That being said, let's put this thing into perspective and do a little practice right here in the moment. So at the beginning of this episode, I talked about the coronavirus, a.k.a. COVID-19. What's your goal to thrive during this time of COVID-19? Share the answer with us wherever you can comment on this podcast, wherever you follow me, wherever you see my post, Facebook, Spotify, Yammer, Apple, LinkedIn, whatever the case, send me an email, chat, comment, whatever the vehicle you use to listen to this. Let us know what's your goal to thrive during the COVID-19 outbreak and pandemic. So doing that will give you the opportunity to work on setting this goal and creating a destination for yourself. Just in case you need a further refresher on what transpired during that conversation with Tammy, here are a few things that I took away and hopefully you will too. Said it already. I'll say it one more time. You have to have a goal. Obvi, right? Totally, totally obvi. Without that goal, without that destination, you're treading water. You're going in circles. You're wandering aimlessly. Now, sometimes there's a place for that. When you want to get to the next level, when you want to thrive in the transition, that's not one of them. Another point, stay flexible and get after it. You may not always hit the mark or the mark may be a moving target. Realize where you are and enjoy it. That harkens back to, again, that conversation with Steve Ryman and the station with Robert Hastings. Don't get robbed by regret or fear. Enjoy the moment where you are. Enjoy the museum. Just enjoy it. Another one. What can you find to like or love during a transition? It's not all fear. It's not all doom and gloom. 
if you were able to find something that you like or love or some methodology to have fun, that transition nearly isn't as scary. Now, Tammy couldn't put her finger on it. There's this innate thing. And I think that's true for a lot of people. But I believe that that can be learned with realization, insight, and practice. So focus on that thing that you can do to have some fun during your transition. Fun, in my opinion, turns to like. Like can turn to love. When you do that, you will thrive. Another point. I don't know what number it is. I think it's number four. Listen to and trust yourself. Don't ignore the small things. That pit in the feeling of your stomach, the hairs on the back of your neck, all that stuff. If it's telling you that it's good, it's good. Don't doubt yourself. Don't second guess yourself. When that realization hits, and it was brilliant for Tammy, when she was a server and a classmate said, what are you doing here? Her response, you're right. What am I doing here? That day, or very close to, she moved to New York with a 30-day plan. You don't have to have a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. What are you going to do in 30 days? It's that simple. But it all starts with trusting yourself and not ignoring the small things. As you set that goal, as you create that destination, you have to be accountable and responsible. Without accountability and responsibility, you never, ever, ever get to the goal, even if you have set one. But more so, if you don't have accountability and responsibility, you never set the goal. You've always got a built-in out. You've got a built-in loophole because you know you're not going to be accountable or responsible in the first place. So if you do that, if you're accountable and responsible, you're going to thrive. You don't need the picture. Tammy spent some time on this. When you go to places, when you enjoy things, whether it's museums, whether it's parks, whether it's family gatherings, birthday parties, dinners, any occasion that you might take out your phone and snap some pictures, take a couple, but don't spend all your time because now that camera is between you and life. That camera is between you and reality. You're the photographer. You're not an active participant. Focus on making that memory. And I love Tammy's assertion, you take all these pictures, how many of you actually go back and look at the pictures? Chances are a lot of us don't. That's why if you put the camera down, focus on making the memory, you're always going to have that memory. And I guarantee that mental image will be absolutely more vivid than any picture that you take. And I don't care what device you use, whether it's a phone, a camera, a tablet, that mental image is so super powerful. True story. Sometimes I'm on vacation with the family and the kids are running around and they're being goofy like kids do. And one of my kids will stop and look at me and they're like, dad, take a picture. And I look at them, kind of put my fingers up in the position of a camera and I say, click and they laugh and laugh and laugh, that memory is worth way more than any picture that I could have taken. Just thought I'd share. Last one. Now, Tammy was really passionate about this. Ambition is not a dirty word, especially for women. You need ambition. Ambition drives us that's where you get your destinations. That's how you set your goals is typically through your ambition. Don't hide your light. Don't push it away. Don't become small so someone else can feel big or better about themselves. Let your ambition be as big as you can bear. And then put all of these points together. Go get it. Now that ambition's given you this goal and destination, be flexible. What can you find to love? Listen and trust to yourself. Be accountable and be in the moment. You don't need the pictures. So let that ambition be as big as you can possibly bear. Those are the things that I took away from the conversation. If you took away other things, let us know. Again, connect with us. Send us an email. Post a response. Whatever the case, let us know what you took away from it. One thing that I realized in the two folks that we've talked to so far, Tammy Parrish and Stephen Ryman, there's also something about humility. Both Tammy and Steve seem to almost 
make light of or make lesser than of their drive, their communities that they built and created, and even their accomplishments. I haven't totally put my finger on what it is, but rest assured, it's coming, folks. It's coming to a podcast near you, probably in the not-too-distant future. So there's something about humility during the transition and the ability to thrive. Again, I just wanted to acknowledge my guest, Tammy Parrish. I do appreciate her support of me and this podcast. And if you want to connect with her, please, please do so. You can connect with her at her website, clothingcompass.com. You can connect with her on LinkedIn at uh, Tammy uh, Parrish. That's P A R R I S H. Follow her on Instagram, Clothing Compass, C L O T H I N G, Compass, C O M P A S S, all one word. Also connect on Facebook. She's also put together this really amazing article Five Tips to let your wardrobe work for you, whether in a transition or otherwise. You can check that out on the website, clothingcompass.com forward slash biweekly tips, uh, biweekly dash tips. So check out the article. I'll have all this information wherever you listen to this podcast, on the YouTube channel, all that fun stuff. That brings us to the end, to the close, to the culmination of another episode of Thriving in the Transition, this being episode six. Thanks for joining. Thanks for allowing me to be myself. If you're getting something from this, anything at all, give us a rating of five stars wherever you listen to your podcast. That ensures that we keep bringing you high quality content. That ensures that we keep this connection going on. I'm a stickler on relationships. This this is a thing. We're going to keep it going. Subscribe. Don't just give us feedback. We want you to do that too. Yes, absolutely give us the ratings. But subscribe. Download. Add us to the list of other great podcasts you listen to. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Logic Consulting. L-O-G-I-Q Consulting. Also follow me on Instagram. Hit me up on the gram at Logic Coach. L-O-G-I-Q underscore coach. Don't forget to follow that YouTube channel that I alluded to, Thriving in the Transition. You'll see video clips. Uh, you'll see my little basement hovel where I put this thing together. There's also a website, thrivinginthetransition.com, all one word, www.thrivinginthetransition.com. Somewhere in one of those places, and you have to check them all, you might find that picture of me and Tammy. No promises, so just check out all of my social media and let us know if you find that pic. Lastly, if you're interested in supporting this podcast and helping us grow, please send me an email, tweet, IM, or just jump right in the DMs. You'll find a sponsorship button on my homepage on Anchor FM. That's www.anchor.fm forward slash T-I-T-T. T-I-T-T for Thriving in the Transition. Again, look for that support button. Most importantly, don't keep this a secret. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, tell the people at church or at book club. Be ambitious. It's okay. You have my permission. In fact, I challenge you to set a goal to tell at least five people about Thriving in the Transition, the podcast. Folks, that's it. Until the next episode, cheers. Have a great day.